0: Ben Emmons is Managing Director of Global Macro Strategy at Medley Global Advisors. Ben, I loved your note yesterday where you mined the possibility of reflation, uh, the idea that there could be a pickup in inflation or just recovering the economy overall, and what role that might be playing. And it's kind of complex, so uh, walk me through it here and kind of start from the idea of the way maybe this market is divided, right? Because even yesterday, We got the reopening stuff working today. It's the same story. All the banks and the reopening trades are okay.
1: Indeed, Oliver, and it's it's still going on, right? It's what I call the careful rotation from high-flying tech stocks, which I flagged before that it was frothed in the NASDAQ by really small-cap tech stocks that have been benefiting from this extraordinary environment of of stay-at-home And at the same time, there's now real recognition that the reopening of the economy is, let's say, unabated. In other words, we had a resurgence of the virus. It set things back. But by the middle of July, I think things changed. And you see it now in the data, in the ISM data, PMI data, and fortunately now, too, also in the employment data. And to that point, to your point of reflation, the ISM data showed prices paid component up quite a bit, and there's quite a V-shape there, which means that companies are expecting to have earnings power again in the future, if not happening already. And then, of course, the average hourly earnings component this morning in the payrolls is also very encouraging for this idea of inflation. So the economy is coming really back in a much stronger way than, the, than I think many had anticipated. And this is why the careful rotation is happening, people getting out of tech stocks into reopening stocks.
0: As we just heard from Nancy Lazar, their team at Cornerstone expects a V recovery in GDP and for us to land somewhere around like four to five percent perhaps in the fourth quarter, which is a pretty, a pretty incredible uh, prediction and um, not from a literal sense, just from a you know recovery sense. Ben, what would something like that mean for the market the way you see it? Because a lot of these correlations on the upside as we were rallying make it kind of confusing. Uh, it seems one could argue that like the value in cyclical stocks, these like reflation trades are the only uncorrelated assets right now. What do you think?
1: I think it's a really important point because we were correlated because everything was centered upon really a, a selective group of companies that could actually operate in a pandemic environment. And now we're expanding from that group to, to, again, what we know as traditional business. And so as Nancy was highlighting, right, the, the leisure hospitality sector, there's the stress there, but there's also now a decent amount of pickup in activity and hiring is expanding, so it's broadening. And I think this is what this uncorrelated part of the market may indeed start to re-correlate, I don't know if that's the English word, but, you know, start so to correlate again with, with the index uh, that is still driven much by, by tech demand Um, And I think that tech demand, by the way, will not really change as much despite this drawdown that we saw yesterday. Rather, it's just an ongoing process of the economy has shifted, it's changed because of the pandemic, but the traditional businesses we know of can revive. And I do think that there is social distancing and mask adaptation there that is actually driving that activity. So yes, there's reflation from the reopening. I suspect that to be accelerating, actually, into this third quarter, despite uncertainties around the election and whatever happens with China.
0: Now, the uh, China uncertainty, election uncertainty, these are things that could potentially uh, derail some of the reflation aspects if there is another big trade war or if there's a shock um, on the political side or in terms of policy, and that's a whole other uh, thing there. You have compiled an index of companies that are working on a vaccine and placed it next to a chart of gold, which then you've looked at a correlation with the NASDAQ. And this is, I think, such an interesting chart. Um, if we pull it up and try and follow along here. Basically, the idea and the point that you're saying is progress against the virus might start to slow some of the momentum uh, in something like a gold.
1: Yeah, this is a really, it's a kind of a complex chart, but it's, it's the telling chart, I think, of the market. So think about it this way you have gold that has outperformed so much because people flock to tangible assets because they just don't really know where this crisis is gonna go to one way or the other, right? So, and it has maybe some other really unexpected effects, negative effects. For example, as you mentioned, the tension with China could really uh, morph into something bigger. And as this tension around Hong Kong and Taiwan continues to build and you see the South China Sea issues, for example, so gold isn't really in demand. At the same time, we have what are called the positive tail of hedge of the crisis, the vaccine, right? Because ultimately, the vaccine, if it is really reliable and credible, it takes out the severity of the crisis and would be, a, you know, I think a significant boost to confidence. So, But yet, if you look at this chart, both gold and those vaccine stocks have actually peaked. I think what this really says is that the market has priced in the end of the crisis, so to speak. In other words, there's no need for this left tail hedge, the, the, the gold trade. There's also less need for the for the positive, the, the, the right side of the, of the of the tail, which is the vaccine stocks, because the vaccine will be there, as really, but it's pretty strongly indicated now. A lot of countries are working on it. And at the same time, if you look at the correlation between tech and, and gold, as in tech being this stay at home, safe, safety trade, and gold was that too, that coordination is declining now too. So if you take that all together, summarize it, saying like, market is really thinking that the, the crisis is ending, there's no need for tail hedges any further as those get taken off. Also, tech will therefore you know take back, a uh, step back, which means that the Nasdaq will probably trail a bit lower from here until it finds some sort of bottom, because long-term tech still stays very much in demand.
0: So the bottom panel there is that correlation between the NASDAQ and gold. The fact that it's green right now, it's in positive territory, suggests the two are moving uh, similarly. Uh, Not super strong, uh, but they are moving similarly. Uh, It also depends on how you define the correlation the the time length and all that stuff. Um, The nature of the gold move, what's interesting here, Ben, is it runs a little seemingly contrary to what a lot of the gold bugs say because they say well you want to own gold because inflation and what you're saying is that maybe we should be preparing for inflation but yet that might not be positive for the gold price which seems very counterintuitive and it also seems like a heads up for people that if you start to see inflation numbers pick up that might not necessarily mean to pile into gold further maybe that's what the move was about to begin with and now you're kind of selling that news as it arrives and you don't need this hedge because you know uh, because the world is getting better i mean I guess it depends on how you look at it and your reasons for buying gold but it does sort of line up that you might be selling gold as inflation actually
1: arri- arrives. Yeah that's really the contrary idea of this indeed but that whole move in gold upwards really from sort of in March into into June July was I think really driven by by excessive uncertainty about you know what this ultimately could end up into like right? you are in a major major pandemic that nobody had ever foreseen and the structural effects of this pandemic will have are still to be played out, which will keep a bit on the gold, I think. I mean, I don't think you could get a complete uh, decline of gold prices in the future back to where we came from. But let's say the, the, the real run-up in gold, call it the gold, quote, unquote, bubble, the froth there, that you, if, you, if you will. That's that tail hedge, if I call it, against anything uncertain, that's slowly been taken out. You know, if you really think about this, Take yourself back to 2011 in that summer when the euro crisis was really at a maximum and people thought, well, Europe will break up. The gold price in that summer peaked and slowly started to decline. And yet the economy started to recover from that crisis, as well as here in the United States from the sequester of the of the debt ceiling. And it went along with higher inflation and gold prices were declining. I think we're in the same stage. The crisis is abating, the economy is recovering. There's no need to be so overhedged in gold against anything unexpected from the pandemic. And therefore, you could see indeed rising inflation with lower gold prices from here. And rising inflation will be more expressed now in the long end of the Treasury curve. And that's what we're seeing, for example, again today. You would end up there more in a steeper yield curve while gold prices decline.
0: Okay. Uh, really interesting stuff. Really important, I think, to try and uh, and figure out and keep a very close eye on to see how these correlations hold and change, right? I mean, they could change. and. Maybe we'll just see gold get hit and the NASDAQ will keep cruising. But right now it seems that uh, we are going to get the NASDAQ to get hit. Bonds are coming off. My gold today is also not working, down 40 bips. So I think it's holding in the explanation for right now. Ben, great stuff. Really nice report. Uh, For those that want to go read it, get in touch with Ben Emmons at Medley Global Advisor.